You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And here's your host, Aram Layton. This is Locked On MLB Prospects, your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. As always, I'm your host, Arm Layton. I'm a prospect writer and analyst, as well as the founder of JustBaseball.com. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the breakout offensive prospects, the biggest breakout offensive prospects in the minor leagues this year, and how they project moving forward and how they've made that breakout. Really excited to talk about some of these guys. Notable names, of course, like Jaron Duran, also Jose. Miranda, who has just been otherworldly this year. Mark Vientos, another player that I'll be discussing. MJ Melendez as well. And Anthony Volpe should all be guys that I get to in this episode. Uh, this article also is up at JustBaseball.com where I have some more in-depth write-ups on these players. But let's start with Duran because Duran's now at the big league level and struggling a little bit. But the fact that he's even been able to make it to the big league level this year is a testament to how well he has done and how much he has progressed over the last year and a half. And I'm going to dive into how he's been able to make that progression and a little bit on his road to where he is now because he was not the highest of profile type of prospects. I mean, he was a seventh round draft pick out of Cal State Long Beach back in 2018, and he only hit three home runs and nearly 800 collegiate plate appearances. So the power was never a factor for him. What was a big factor for him was his speed, which is still among the top in baseball now, even at the major league level. Baseball Savant has his sprint speed at the 96th percentile, but I think if he has a full season of sprints, he'll probably be among the top two or three uh, peak sprint speeds in all of baseball. He is that fast, and we've already seen that speed on display at the major league level. He has been able to motor around the bases, had the inside the park home run, but also just takes the extra bag. We haven't seen the stolen bases come into effect. He had only one stolen base, but part of that's because he hasn't really gotten on base that much at the big league level. He has had 70 at-bats, 73 plate appearances, 14 hits, two home runs, one of those inside the park, one stolen base. That's a 200, 219, 329 slash line. Not great. Not great at all, but also was really impressive this year in AAA and made some major strides, which allowed him to get that call up to the big leagues. And I'm not going to make too much of those struggles because I still think the hit tool needs some more development. I really thought it was a bit of a rush to bring him up to the big leagues. If you remember, I talked about it a bit in the past that even though he's had this massive breakout in 2021, I still felt like he was a very incomplete hitter. There was definitely some swing and miss still there. There was still a little bit of an inconsistent approach and I think we're seeing that get exposed a little bit at the big league level for him, even though the speed is going to be an asset. And if they do make the playoffs, the Red Sox, I do have my reservations about them, by the way. I do think that they could continue to free fall, but getting Chris Sale back is huge. If you make the playoffs, he at the very least could serve a Gerard Dyson type of role and play some good defense in center field. And at the end of the day, is a left-handed bat off the bench, but the speed is really what would be a, a an asset to you. But what has been amazing is to see the power that has really come out, because in AAA this year, and not 
not that many games. I think it was around 50 games. Duran slashed 270, 365, 561, 15 homers, 12 stolen bases. It's a 142 WRC plus, and it's pretty impressive given that he hit three home runs in all of college to hit 15 in about 50 games, and he did not really hit that many home runs at all before that in the minor leagues. He had some flashes at the lower levels of just utilizing his speed and being able to get on base a ton. He raked at the lower levels, which is what happens when you're a really, really good runner because the defenders just aren't spectacular, and that was really what happened for him, but then he goes up to double A and fell flat. He struggled in 80 games. OPS took more than a 300-point nosedive. Strikeout rate rose to the highest of his career, and his WRC plus dipped to 80 because pitchers are better in double-A, obviously, and the defenders are better, and they are just going to be able to get you out. It's just not going to be as high of a BABIP for you, no matter how fast you are. So in this 2020 season, where the big league season was going on, of course, and no minor league season, he was spending a lot of time at the alternate training site working on getting his lower half incorporated into the swing and also working on his swing path. It was very flat throughout his collegiate career to utilize that speed to hit the ball on the ground. I'm sure that's something that he was taught to do as his college team was trying to win ball games. But now you're trying to be an impact big leaguer and you got to be able to hit a bit more than what he was doing to be more than a fourth outfielder with just crazy speed. So he gets more into that lower half. He did add a little bit of a leg kick, which I think is part of the reason why he's struggling with heaters right now at the big league level. He's just struggling to catch up to Velo and it seems like a timing issue, but really focused on getting more lift on the ball because he has power in that frame and he's shown that now. He has bat speed as well. If you look at the numbers, the batted ball numbers from 2019 to 2021, you can really see how the time at the alternate training site helped him immensely. Ground ball rate drops by more than 14%. Home run to fly ball rate goes from 1.6% to 28.8%. So what that means is the percentage of balls that he hits in the air that were home runs last year was, or 2019 was only 1.6% of fly balls left the yard. This year in AAA, 28.8% of fly balls left the yard. He's pulling the ball more too, which generally that's not something I love, but knowing what he was before and what he was trying to do before as a guy that was more of a slap hitter to see him trying to, or trusting himself more to go pull side with authority. Love to see that 7% higher pull rate. And then his isolated power was way up this year in AAA, which is just your slugging percentage minus batting average, which is a good way to just show how much much production you put together. His ISO in 2019 was 0.075. His ISO this year, 0.291. So nearly four times better than it was the year prior. So it's safe to say that he has made some major improvements in terms of being able to hit for some power and now looks like a potential 2020 guy if he can hit enough. But that's the question. Can he hit enough? And I think he can. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. And I know that the Red Sox are in a weird spot because they want to get him at bats. They kind of need him a little bit right now, given that Franchi Cordero is terrible and some of the other options they have right now are just not viable options and he's a left-handed bat. So you're hoping that he's going to figure it out but he's also struggling a little bit to consistently be able to hit the baseball. And he's just been getting gassed up. They're elevating heaters on him. He hasn't been able to catch up. And then when they're not elevating, he's rolling over 52% ground ball rate. So it's been a bit of a struggle, but we'll see how he adjusts. Again, it's only been about 70 at-bats for him so far. So we'll see if he can continue to make those improvements. He's shown the ability in the past to make adjustments and have those translate to success. So I think it's more of a matter 
matter of when, not if. I do think Durant's going to figure it out, but the Red Sox kind of need him to figure it out now because they're sliding quickly. The offense is surprisingly struggling, and he's striking out 40% of the time. So the Red Sox are in a tough spot. Do you send him to AAA and let him get more ABs, or do you hope that he can figure it out at the big league level? Uh, That's going to be a tough decision. I think you got to give him another 30, 40 at-bats and see how it goes, but at that point, you could continue to lose, and the skid could continue. So Red Sox have something to figure out. I think for Duran, it's more of a matter of when, not if, and I think he'll get there. The next breakout prospect is none other than Jose Miranda, who has been one of the most, if not the most dominant hitter in the minor leagues so far this season through double A and triple A. I mean, the numbers between both levels are crazy. Miranda of the Twins has been absurd. And he's not somebody, I know I've talked about him in the past a little bit, he's not somebody that absolutely came out of nowhere. Even like Duran, who was a seventh round pick, Miranda was a second round pick out of high school in the Leadership Christian Academy in Puerto Rico, became the school's highest draft pick ever until a year later when Elliot Ramos was drafted 19th overall. So a second round pick with a lot of upside out of high school. Miranda has always been an intriguing prospect, but fell off after he struggled with an overaggressive approach and another player that lacked that power impact earlier in his professional career. For Miranda, it was less of a swing change and more of a physical change. He made that physical change by putting on about 15 to 20 pounds of muscle, and we really saw that start to creep into his game. And the power has just been outrageous this year. 338, 401, 584 slash line, 22 home runs, 19 doubles, 63 driven in, and a 159 WRC plus. I mean, Miranda hasn't really slowed down at all. The, the day he, get, he got called up to AAA, I am mean, get so excited talking about him. The day he got called up to AAA, he hit three bombs in that day. I just love to see players who have it just click for them at 23 years old. And that's exactly what's happened. He's also improved his approach and he's definitely still uber aggressive. There's times where he expands the zone and maybe gets a little too eager, but he has toned it down a ton. And I know he got off to a crazy hot start and he hasn't quite matched the 13 home runs in 47 games, but the fact that he's been able to maintain a high level of production, maintain a high batting average and keep the K rate in check, Miranda looks really legit, and you look at his minor league season, it is as good as any minor league season in the history of the Minnesota Twins. It's up there with Jason Kubel, who had one of the best seasons ever. Michael Kadire had one of their best minor league seasons. Joe Maurer, of course. He is on pace to be better than all of those seasons. And I know there's a lot of prospects that never panned out that had incredible minor league seasons, but that's got to be worth something. And I've just been so impressed by how simple his swing is now while still easily generating power. And even though the approach that has improved incrementally, it's enough with how much he is able to hit now because he had never walked more than five percent of the time really above rookie ball and in high a in 2019 five percent walk rate was about the best we had seen uh, since rookie level in 2017 this year the strikeout rate has not really jumped at all maybe one or two percent and the walk rate has jumped quite a bit. He's walking 8.4% of the time in AAA. And that's one of the most impressive things because in high A, you'll see the walk rates be higher just because these pitchers don't have as good a command. And then players get promoted and the walk rate nose dives. For him, it's the opposite, which means his approach must have improved drastically to go from a 5% walk rate to an 8.4% walk rate, which is just about league average, which is fine if you're hitting as much as you're hitting and you're not striking out at all, which he doesn't really. He had a 12% strikeout rate double-A, 16% strikeout rate in triple-A. This is all really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. And the WRC Plus is actually better 
in AAA right now. 164 WRC plus in AAA, 162 WRC plus in AA. So actually the numbers I read out before were from the article that I had written uh, on JustBaseball.com. So his WRC plus has only gone higher uh, over the last few days. So it's just been really fun to watch. Another awesome story. And that's the fun thing about this is with the layoff in the season, which was not fun, uh, you have a lot of players that made these major strides and Miranda is one of those that has just put it together, and I'm very eager to see how it translates at the Major League level, but with these numbers across the board, I just don't really know how these don't translate at the Major League level. There's just nothing to not like Uh, in his approach now, in his production, his swing is easy, and now is able to generate power without adding much more effort because he added the strength. Miranda is incredibly intriguing and also a decent athlete as well. Look out for him. I'm assuming he'll be a September call-up and should be interesting for the Twins as he just turned 23. So he's still pretty darn young and has a lot to offer a rebuilding Twins team that probably coming into this year was not really planning on him being a major part of the future. And now all of a sudden, he is a major, major part of the future. So great news for the Twins from the season. That has not been great for them. Obviously, I think they were expecting to do much more at the major league level. Very upsetting to see the Twins struggle the way they have after consecutive good seasons. But at least there's a silver lining here with a Jose Miranda. I'm going to talk about Vientos, Volpe, and maybe one or two others if I have some time at the end here. But before I get to that, a reminder that this episode is brought to you in part by rockauto.com. Why pay 20, 30, or 50% more for the same auto parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can just go to rockauto.com and use their easy-to-navigate website to find whatever car parts you need, any maker model. Rock Auto is a family business serving the do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tan lamps, motor oil, or even that new carpet. And just to get an idea of how much you can save at Rock Auto, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at the chain store, only $216 at Rock Auto, and they ship it straight to your door. It's that easy. Go explore their easy-to-navigate website today to find anything you need. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Also brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC and MMA action. Before next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. And if you use the promo code Locked On, that's one word Locked. On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's talk about one of my favorite prospects right now in baseball. It's Mark Vientos because Vientos is a guy that I've been talking about for a little bit, just waiting on the breakout. I highlighted him in an earlier episode this year as a potential breakout option and somebody that could really put it together. And I'm so glad that he has done exactly that this year by mashing 20 home runs in double A and a slash line of 279, 350, 601 a 148 WRC plus, 15 doubles, 52 driven in. The guy can play left field. He can play third. He's played both of them. He's not the fleetest of foot, but he's got a cannon for an arm, which kind of makes up for it. I think he's capable of being an average defender at either 6'4", 200 pounds, 
crazy raw power. And that's what I was talking about in previous episodes, whether it was coming into the season or even before that. Puts up some of the best exit velos in all the minor leagues, but the problem was that he was very pull happy. He was out and around the ball at times a little bit long and just was not quite tapping into the power enough. All of a sudden, he's doing just that. I mean, he has really figured it out. And even though Vientos feels like he's been around for a little bit, at least maybe for me, because he was drafted in 2017, he was one of the youngest high school players in that draft class. So as he's putting it together in double A, and a lot of people were saying that it was an aggressive promotion or start to the season, I would say, in AA. He started right away, opening day for the minor leagues on the AA roster. I even thought it was a bit aggressive. I wouldn't have minded seeing him start the year in high A, but the Mets saw something because they knew that he was ready for the challenge, and he has just shown that with his numbers. The strikeout rate has dropped. It's in the 27, 26% range, which is palatable when you hit for as much power as Vientos does, and you walk, which he's walking more than he ever did. That was something he didn't do much before, now walking at a 12% clip, and again, it's in double A, so I'm coming away encouraged with that jump in the walk rate. If you want to get an idea for how much power with the extra base hits and everything that he's been able to hit for, the, the ISO stat, again, I wanted to cite isolated power again because it is a good barometer of how much you're able to hit for power beyond just the home runs. If you look at ISO, he is third in all of the minor leagues for any player under 25 years old. Of course, you have some of those some of those dudes in AAA that are just mashing that are 27, 28. And I don't want to count those guys. So for the legitimate prospects that are 25 and younger, he is third in ISO behind only Griffin Conine, who leads the entire minor leagues in home runs, and MJ Melendez, who is second in the entire minor leagues in home runs, who I'm going to get to in a second as well. So good company there, and he's doing something right. He's also younger than both those players and can play third or outfield. So I'm really encouraged with what we've seen from Vientos. Easy, easy power to all fields, and to have that strikeout rate stay under 30%, which is something to still watch, and to have the walk rate rise now that he's making more consistent contact, tapping into the power. I really could see 40-plus home run power from Vientos at the major league level, really. And he could end up being that answer for the team at third base, for the Mets at third base. I know you got Brett Beatty there, too. You can't go wrong with either of them. And I could end up seeing Beatty probably being that third baseman and Vientos going to left field. But regardless, a team like the Mets that has been looking, searching for so long for their answer at third base since David Wright retired, uh, they really have not been able to find a viable option. J.D. Davis has been probably the best, and, and he does not play defense there. He just cannot. So to see maybe two viable options in the next year uh, that could be big league ready at third, really exciting, really exciting for the Mets. And I'm a full believer in Mark Vientos. I think the swing and miss is always going to be somewhat a part of his game, but he's got power to all fields and now walks to offset it. Very excited for me, well inside the top 100 prospects. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, And you can look forward to that list coming out soon, but we're going to have him quite high on that list because of the youth on his side. Now the ability to play multiple positions and the hit tool coming along. He's got a lot of projection with him there. MJ Melendez, who I just teased, another player that has been spectacular. I talked about him in the last episode, so I'm not going to mention him too much, but had to just talk about him as a breakout prospect. I mean, the guy was hitting 163 in 2019 with a 40% K rate, cuts that K rate in half, hits for way more power. I mean, there's there's nothing 
to not like about this guy. And I think that he's going to be the starting catcher for the Royals next year. I think he's going to be the starting catcher for the Royals next year because Salvador Perez is having the worst year defensively of his career. He's one of the worst defensive catchers in baseball this year. He is raking offensively, and they just signed him to a four-year deal, the Royals did. So to get the most out of him in that deal, I think he's got to play some first. I think he's got to play some DH, and that's just fine because his big big value is the bat, and Melendez was seen more as a glove-first prospect, and he is very good defensively. He is really a guy that earns high marks for what he's able to do in terms of calling a game, managing a staff, because his father is a head coach at FIU. He's got some good grooming through his years of playing baseball. Great defender. I'm a believer in him defensively, and now that he's doing what he's doing offensively, I mean, he's hitting 285, 372, 628, 28 jacks. I mean, it's just been crazy for him. So I'm a full believer in Melendez all the way up in AAA now already. He's going to be a good big league catcher, and if he can even hit somewhere near this, he could be one of the best catchers in baseball. So I don't know how well he's going to hit at the big league level. I do think it's going to be a lot better than we would have ever thought coming into this year. We didn't even know if he was going to be a big leaguer. And the swing just seems really easy for him. Uh, At times, tends to drift forward. He's got to keep that weight back a little bit. Uh, But so far, has had success left on left. Has had success, of course, against righties. I'm very encouraged that Melendez could be the starting catcher for the Royals next year. Last guy I wanted to talk about, a Yankee who has very much been one of the most impressive stories in the minor leagues, it's Anthony Volpe. Because Volpe was a first-round pick in 2019. But the profile of Volpe as the 30th overall pick in 2019 out of Del Barton High School, same high school as Jack Leiter. They were teammates over there in Del Barton. That is a tough team. Could you imagine having to face Volpe uh, in the lineup? Leiter in the lineup, too, he could hit. And then also having to try to score on Leiter. I mean, it's just crazy. Those two guys could literally single-handedly win ball games, and I'm sure they did. But on Volpe, he was viewed as a glove-first shortstop that had basically a guarantee of sticking it short and a good feel to hit. But that was about it. You didn't figure he was going to impact the game too much in terms of his production. And I would say a Jose Iglesias type of projection was kind of what you were looking at with an Anthony Volpe. But all of a sudden, he comes out this year and adds a little bit of strength, adds a ton of power and bat speed. And this is why you can't put ceilings on high schoolers. You can't. I'm so anti putting ceilings on high schoolers because of guys like Anthony Volpe, who has 18 home runs this year, 18. He struggled in his first little stint in professional baseball, hitting 215 in 34 rookie ball games. And people were just like, I don't know how much power this guy's going to hit for. And now, (laughs) now we're looking at somebody who was given 35, 40 on his power grades as somebody that is going to hit 20, 25 home runs potentially in this minor league season. And he has 27 doubles, 180 WRC plus between A and high A as a 20 year old. And not to mention that the defense is the calling card, right? He he is guaranteed sticking at shortstop. And now you have somebody that this is going to be in Yankee stadium. So that doubles approach that is now crept into hitting nearly 20 home runs is going to play at Yankee stadium too. I think he can hit 20 home runs at Yankee Stadium. So as a guy that can play great defense, he's an above average runner and is a great all-around hitter with a good feel to hit. I mean, he's getting on base at a 440 clip right now between A and high A. He walks a lot. He is a tough guy to get out. He is really smart, knows the strike zone, good approach, takes the right swings and the right counts. And that's the big thing, too, is he's aggressive in those hitters counts. But then when he's behind, he gets right back to that Volpe approach that he had coming up, which was just 
get the bat on the ball, drive it wherever it's pitched, and just be a well-rounded hitter. He's got that above-average speed. It's hard to gauge the the stolen bases because 26 stolen bases in the lower levels just doesn't really matter. It's not bad, right? But it's so easy to steal with all those stupid new rules. Still, I am loving what I'm seeing from Volpe and the Yankees system. I know they traded away a few prospects to go get all the guys that they got, but the Yankees system has made such a big jump and not because they got anybody. They traded guys away. Honestly, even after all of the players that they traded away, I would say that the system has still improved from where it was coming into this year by all of the strides that so many of their prospects have made. They have had so many players make massive strides. So it has been really impressive to see Volpe especially go from low A to high A and put up the same numbers. In fact, he's probably been better. His batting average jumped about 20 points. His slugging percentage has remained the same. So, I mean, it it has not really been an issue for him. And with that hit tool, with that feel to hit, I really think that he will continue to rise quickly through the minor leagues and could be the Yankees' long-term shortstop answer. He could be the long-term answer at shortstop, and that has to have the Yankees feeling really good. He is one of those profiles that could rapidly rise through the minor leagues and could force his way up into double-A to start the season next year, and then at some point by the end of next year, make his way up to the bigs if he continues on the trajectory that I think he can, especially with the defensive profile and athleticism. A lot to be excited about for Yankees fans, and they've also got some other guys in there that can play shortstop. I really think, though, that Volpe is the guy that's going to be their long-term answer at shortstop, and Oswald Peraza will be more of that second baseman type, but still both really great years and Volpe has to have Yankees fans feeling great. And I think all of this is for real this year, especially as he's been able to go yard oppo into all fields as well. This power all of a sudden. And I think there's going to be more. I think there's going to be more. I think he's going to fill out even more. So he still has room for physical growth well inside the top 100 prospect list as well. If you want to read a little bit more on each of these guys, JustBaseball.com have the article up there and continuing to just hammer away on this top 100 list. It is exhausting, but I am so excited to get that out there. Hopefully sometime soon, but keep an eye out for that as well. As always, thank you for listening. We have some good player interviews coming up. Griffin Conine delayed to next week, but a couple other really good interviews with prospects to look forward to. We're going to start loading up with the interviews over the next couple weeks, especially as the season winds down and into the off season. But thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking prospects with you sometime this weekend for a bonus episode.